Uh, Yossi, you know that I was uh, by Chaim Day Camp today, and I did uh, several shows over there, and you know that they kept asking for you. I know, I was outside, but I didn't want to come in. I told you I was shy. Yeah, but... but uh, I know, you always ask me how come I'm not shy on the radio, because they don't see me on the radio. They can only hear me. All right, have it your way. Anyways, I'd like to make a little correction there in Chaim Day Camp. I was holding two stories in my pocket. So, uh, at that moment, uh, when I read uh, the name of the tzaddik, I said it was the Blues Rebbe, but it was really one of the Blues Rebbe's grandparents. <laughs> and it was uh, Tzvi Hirsch, which was, that was correct, but it was Tzvi Hirsch from Rimanov. That's who it was. Okay, and tonight's story that I'm telling now on the radio will be from Tzvi Ali Melech, okay, uh, which is the son of Rabdovitzbira which is the first Blushava Rebbe. Okay, which is the grandson of the Bnei Yisoscha, which he's named after. Okay, now that we got that straightened out... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's continue. Uh, okay, so you're listening to jradio.com, and if you like to listen to us live on the telephone, you can uh, listen to us on 718-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. And, of course, you could listen to us, um, you know, live, and, you know, follow the menu. You could uh, listen to us on archives, you know, in case, let's say, you missed a, a, a show. Like, for example, let's say you went to uh, when a rabbi or the special shows and you couldn't listen to his show on the radio because he was at the show and then we'd play a repeat. Ah, whatever, you know what I mean. So, anyways, so uh, what happened is, is that you could always listen to our archives. Well, let's say uh, there's a live show going on, but you have to go to a chasna or something. You can always listen to us on archives. So the number to call is 718-506-9099. Yes, again, that number is 718-506-9099. Okay, and the number that we never repeat? Nah, you're not going to trick me to say that number, 718 What, 86? What are you talking about? Ah, you're trying to trick me again. You're trying to get me to say 718 I, 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 I'm not going to do it. Not going to do what? I'm not going to say on that radio, 718-683-5858, because everybody knows that number, and you're not going to trick me to say it. Okay, I won't. I don't have to anymore. What do you mean you don't have to anymore? Because you already did it. Uh, oh, boy. Ay, ay, ay. Somehow I always lose. <laughs> yes, as long as I'm in control of you. I mean, well, uh, well, almost in control. Anyways, okay, I'd like to remind everybody that J Root Radio definitely, definitely, definitely needs your donations. We are falling behind in rent and so on and so forth. We definitely need your donations, so please kindly send your donations to Jaywood Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That number again is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. If you would like to text in uh, possibly a story idea or for information on how to sponsor a program or how to advertise on Jaywood Radio, that.com, then and the number to text into is 347 927 
Boy, you were pretty quiet on that one. Uh-huh, because I'm looking at this other thing. Ah, uh, are you supposed to read this? Oh, I'm supposed to read that? Let me see what it says. Oh, yes, tonight. Don't miss this. Tell your friends and neighbors, too. What to do before Hatzalah arrives, choking, bleeding, burns, a free FJCC Flatbush Hatzalah safety event. The most important 90 minutes you will spend for your family's safety. And it's free with great... With great, with great, with great, with great, with great. Are you a broken record, Robbie Herbs? Oh, 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 sorry. Uh, with, with, with great food. Oh, that's how you stretched it out, because of the food. Yes, tonight, Wednesday, August 10th. 8.30. That means you'll be able to listen to my whole show. Okay. Anyway, so Flappish Solar Building on Avenue N and Ocean Avenue. Hot buffet served. Men only. The next one will be a women's event coming soon. Okay? So don't get jealous, please. Okay. All righty. Now that we get that out of the way, I think we can go on. Nah, you got to tell about some other stuff. Like what other stuff? Oh, come on, Rabbi Ernst. I have to remind you. Uh, oh, 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 yes, of course. If you're interested in hiring me for storytelling engagements or for my special Kaya von der Moyach presentations, my, my demonstrations and so on and so forth, uh, or my extreme martial arts demonstrations, then you could call 718-375-1294, and I'll be more than happy to explain to you exactly what they all are. And... Um, Maybe we can still work something out. There aren't too many dates left for the summer, so uh, don't wait for the last minute because, unfortunately, there were some people that called up and then they waited till the last minute to get back after I gave them the information and they felt bad because they were too late because somebody else uh, gave their yes. So first come, first serve. Okay, so uh, now let's see. We cover that. We cover this. We cover that. Ah, uh, your, 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 your book. Oh, yes, yes, of course. My book, uh, Zella the Wagon Drive, is still available in stores if you haven't bought it yet. And, and of course, if you're interested in any art lessons or you need artwork, you know, drawings, paintings, kasubas, monograms, things like this, uh, you can always call uh, 718-375-1294. That was very good. Okay. Um, did I cover everything? What about the CD? The CD? Oh, the CD. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. People have been requesting, begging, and asking that I should come out with a professional CD. Well, guess what? Bez Hashem, I am going to come out with one. I am in the midst of one. Actually, it's pretty much done, except we realize that it's best to wait until after the summer, when everybody's back from the country, from their camps and everything. And then we will present... One of the most unbelievable, spectacular story CDs that ever came out, or will come out, I should say. A very interesting CD. It is Rabbi Yitzhak, which is... Yours truly. Right. And, of course, I will be teamed up together with the great, talented studio professional of Yufa Studios. Yes, yes, the head of Yufa Studios, Rabbi Yossi Fromowitz. Yes, what a spectacular engineer. Mm-hmm. Okay. <coughs> and also, by the way, I'll see you tomorrow, Rabbi Yassi, uh, in, in Klosenberg. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> let's see what else we got up here. Ah, uh, we got air conditioning. Oh, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Okay, so we covered the, the thing. We covered the artwork. We covered for art lessons. We covered, do we cover martial arts lessons? Well, if somebody wants martial arts lessons, or, or if they want, you know, Qigong energy exercise and things like that, you know, they, they can always call 718-375-1294. I think we got everything out of the way. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you say? What do you say? Uh, I guess so. 
I mean, if you say so. Uh, of course, there's only one more thing, of course, you know, I mean, uh, Rabbi Yitzhak still has, you know, a whole bunch of CDs, like about 50 CDs, you know, you know, uh, you know, digitally recorded, whatever it is, you know, if you want more information, or uh, you want them to email you a list or fax you a list, you know, you can always call 718-375-1294, 718-375-1294. Okay, can we get on? Uh, yes, we can. Okay, so, today, I am in a dilemma. I had Grada a bunch of stories to tell. And I picked one that I told by Chaim Dekem. And then all these people in Chaim Dekem says, even though they heard it just now today, they said, tell it on the radio. Well, that's a good sign for me because that means they enjoyed it very, very much. So I'm debating whether I should tell that on the radio or I should tell uh, the story that I came here with, which was when I came to Chaim Dekem, I quoted and I said that was the, the Rebbe that the story happened with was uh, Tzvi, which was a Tzvi, but it was Tzvi Ali Melech, which was the Blue Rebbe, uh, the first Blue Rebbe. And my mistake, I meant to say uh, Tzvi, uh, Tzvi Hirsch only, which Tzvi Hirsch was the Rimenov, which was a great uncle or grandfather, whatever. And instead, I said it was the Blue Rebbe. But that was a mistake. So the question is whether I should tell the story again uh, with the right Rebbes, or I should tell the story that actually had the Reb Tzvi Eli Mello. So I have a guest here in the studio. I'm going to look at him and see what he thinks I should do. Should I tell the story that I told in Chaim Day Camp today? Uh, or should I tell the newest story? New story. Okay, new story. Okay, very good. Okay, so that means now I can have a story that I can go around telling other places. <laughs> okay, this story is said to be true. This story happened in the city of Raisha. That's the name. Don't ask me why. The person that emailed me this information, he even emailed me this time some names. So, <clears throat> whether these names are made-up names or not, I have no idea. But I am using the names that he gave. So... The name of tonight's story is The Watermill. The Watermill? Come on, that's a crazy name. The Watermill? Yes, what's wrong with the title? The Watermill. I think it's, it, it's a great st- title. Really? Like, like what, what's the story about? A watermill? Yes, it happens to be about a watermill. Really? Yep, it really does. So we're going to call it The Watermill. Okay, you're the boss. You say so. Watermill. Okay, so what happened in Raisha? Well, you see, what happened was is like this. There was this person named Mordechai Eckstein. Got that? Uh, Mordechai Eckstein. Is that like M as in Mordechai, O as in Ordechai, R as in Rudechai, and D as in Dechai, and C as in Chai, and, and, and you see. Okay, so Mordechai Epstein, go ahead. Not Epstein, Eckstein. Ech, not Ech, Eckstein. Oh, okay, so Mordechai Eckstein, what about him? Well, he had a factory. What kind of factory? Well, he had a very interesting factory. It was a factory that had a gigantic watermill. Wow. So what did he do, sell bottled water? Was he the first guy who sold spring water? No, no, no. Maybe if he thought about it, he might have been. But anyways, let me explain you what happened. He had this factory. Yeah. And in this factory, it was divided into halves. 
two hairs. One was on the outside and one was on the inside. No, 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 no. He had a factory that had two parts. Right. One part was inside, one part was outside. No, no, no. Yassi, Yassi, please. What he had was the following. He had this factory that on one side, the water mill turned a gigantic grinding mill. Okay? And this mill ground wheat into flour. Ah, logically speaking. Okay. And this water mill was where? Well, it was like in a centerpiece. And then on the other side of the water mill, there was another thing connected to the other part. What was that? Oh, it was a gigantic saw. Saw what? No, no, no. A gigantic saw. I saw a gigantic saw what? 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 Not saw as in to see. Saw as in to saw. I saw what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're talking about. Saw as in cutting. Oh, you don't mean like a seesaw? No, 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 no. A saw. A cutting saw. Oh, wow. If the watermill is so big, wow. Wow! What kind of saw was it? It was a very big one. So people who had to cut logs down to smaller sizes, uh, or they wanted to build things, you know, and they chopped down trees, but they wanted to cut their wood into smaller pieces much faster, they would bring it to this factory. Where on the other side, where the flour mill was, there was, ah, the sawmill. Right. And of course, people paid money to grind their wheat into flour, and people made money to cut their wood. Okay, I got that. Now what? Oh, now what? Well, let me tell you what happens next. Well, what happens when you saw wood? Um, I get a boo-boo. Why do you get a boo-boo? Because somehow I always stick my finger in between. That's not right. You should learn to do safety stuff. Okay, I, but I, I should, but I don't. Then maybe you shouldn't use a saw. Okay, anyways, besides the safety, which I'm going to tell you about in a minute, let me tell you something about the saw. Okay, tell me about the saw. Well, it makes sawdust. Aha! Like when I scratch my head and all that powder that comes out. Is that sawdust? No, 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 that's dandruff by you. Oh, it almost looks like the same thing. Actually, by you, it looks like snowflakes. But all right, anyways, so let me tell you what happened. <clears throat> so... Uh, you know, the flour is ground, and everybody takes home the flour. But when you cut the piece of wood, the sawdust, it would fall down below. Down below where? Well, underneath the saw, there was like a special room. And that room collected all the sawdust. Really? And so what did they do with the sawdust? Did they eat it for breakfast? No. Uh, not at all. They cleaned it out, and they got rid of it. Okay. That's what they did. Oh. So, uh, but how did they do that? I mean, that saw, the water goes and blah, 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 and then all of a sudden, boom, and then uh, the blade doesn't stop, right? Well, they have to lock it. They disconnect it temporarily from the water wheel, and then they open up a lock on the bottom, and then somebody goes down there to clean up. It's not gonna be me. I'm not taking a chance to go underneath there with that big blade going shoom, shoom, shoom. No, 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 no. Not me. I didn't ask for you to go down there. Well, don't ask me, and don't ask myself, and don't ask I or me. Uh, you see? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, anyways, now, um, this guy, Mordechai Eckstein, he had what's called a foreman. He had four men only? No, 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 no. He had more than four men working for him, but he had a foreman. A foreman. A man that was like four people in one? 
No, 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 no. A foreman means the guy that goes before the men. Uh, four? Oh, sure, four people go before the other men, right? No, 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 Yossi, Yossi, listen carefully. What I'm trying to tell you is like this. See, there's the boss, the owner of the whole place, and then there is, are you ready? I'm ready. Go ahead, lay it on thick. Okay, so what you have is, you have a foreman. Oh, no. No, yeah, this foreman, he's like the boss's boss. Uh, what, uh, my, well, actually, there's the boss, and he's the, like the second boss. Like the head boss, like uh, Mordecai actually would say, All right, uh, keep this place open until five o'clock tonight. And of course, he would keep it open. And then Mordecai would say, I'm going to be busy with my other businesses right now, so uh, you take care of everything. And so that person would be in charge. And he would tell the workers to work, and he would tell them to grind the flour, and he would make sure everything is packaged right, and so on and so forth. Right? Got that so far? Okay. And who is this guy? Well, according to the email text that I got, uh, it says his name was Luza Elimelech, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Bacon or Bacon, I'm not sure. Spelled the same way. So we'll call him Luza Elimelech uh, Bacon. Okay? Anyways, so Luza Elimelech Bacon was the foreman. And everybody loved him. Oh, he's such a sweet teddy bear. No, no, he's not a teddy bear. He's a lovable guy. Everybody likes him. Do you know why? Uh, let, me, let me ask you, Yossi. If you want everybody to like you, what would you do to make everybody like you? Oh, I would give them a lollipop and tell them if you be my friend, I'll give you a lollipop. Yossi. Okay, I'll give two lollipops. Yossi. Three. Yossi. Okay, I won't give any lollipops. I'll just um, maybe give them a dollar. Yossi. That's not the way to get friends. How do you think you get friends? Um, twist their arms until they say they'll be my friend? No, you see? Come on, think. Okay, seriously, I was just joking up until now. Okay, really, the way we get friends is like this. Um, what happens is, if you're nice to someone, they'll be nice to you, and they'll like you, and they'll be your friend, right? That's right. You got that right. Now, of course, Mordechai Eckstein knew that he was living in a time period that was... Before World War One, And therefore, since it was before World War One, which means this story took place before the year 1914, so being that is so, yeah, so being that that is so, that means there were also some pogroms that were going on, you know that? Pogroms, you mean like when the goyim get riled up and then they take it out in the Eden and things like that? That's right. There were pogroms where goyim got riled up and they attacked Jewish people, and they robbed them, and they beat them. So there is a nice way how to try to avoid that. Ah, uh, give them your money before they start? No, be nice to them. So Mordechai Eckstein, he made sure that he had in his business, he hired, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Okay, he hired Goyesha workers, Gentile workers. Non-Jewish people worked for him also. And he treated them very nicely. Now, even though there were some goyim that lived and worked, uh, you know, in that factory of Mordechai Eckstein, got a little secret to you. Some of them were not exactly lovers of Eden. Some of them were anti-Semites. Mamish, Soyne Yisrael. Except, since they had a job and they were getting paid, they kept their mouths closed. And also, there was different kinds of jobs. Naturally, 
Who gets paid more? Me, because I have a bigger mouth. No, no, you'll see, you'll see. Okay, uh, a guy who works harder should get paid more. That's right. And that's the way the system works. So, Luzeli Melech Bacon, or what do, you, what do you call him? Bacon? Bacon? What do you want? Uh, call him uh, Bacon. Okay, Bacon. Okay, so, Luzeli Melech Bacon, he was the foreman. And he took care to make sure the workers got paid properly, and they did their jobs right. Now, of course, he never forced people to take a job. But, of course, everybody knew, if you want to get paid more, you should do a harder job. Well, there was this guy, this non-Jew, and we're going to call him Peter. And Peter had a son, and we're going to call his son. Ah, but didn't he, didn't he email you the names? He emailed me those names, but he didn't email every name. So where he gave me a name, I'll use the name. Where he didn't give me a name, he'll make up a name. Right? That's right. Okay, so anyways, as I was saying, so, loser Elimelech Bacon. Bacon! Okay, Bacon. Anyways, so loser Elimelech Bacon. Anyways, so what he had was as follows. He had this guy, Peter, and Peter had a son, Johnny. And Johnny would help his father. Now, Johnny wasn't too old. He might have been like maybe 11, 12 years old. And his job was an easy job. It was uh, to clean up the sawdust. What? Are you telling me that's an easy job? To go in there when that gold, that, that blade is go, and you can get your nose cut off or something, hello? <laughs> you think that they cleaned up when the blade was turning? I told you before, if you paid attention that the mill was connected to the saw. But when they wanted to clean up, they disconnected the saw. So the water mill could not spin the saw. Got that? Uh-huh. And then, while the saw was connected, no one was allowed to go underneath because they put a big lock on the gate. Oh, got it. So then what happened? Well, every time this person, this guy Peter and his son Johnny would come by, they would look to see if it's time for them to do their job. And when it was full, they went to the foreman and they said, Eh, hey, do me a favor, huh? I think it's time to, to shut the, way, the, the, the sawmill, you know what I mean? Because you look, downstairs looks filled. And of course, Loser would say, One minute, let me check this out. I'm on it. You know, it's incorrect. Uh, what do you say? Uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, so listen, I'm going to disconnect the, the, the sawmill. Okay, it's disconnected. Let me go downstairs and open up the lock. <laughs> A little dusty here. Yeah, I know, it's sawdust. Hey, Papa, come. I got the brooms and the shovels. Uh, let's clean up here. Okay, let's go inside. And sure enough, they went inside and they did their routine cleanups. And this was what went on for years and years. And some people worked in that mill for five years, ten years, some even for 20 years. Can you imagine? 20 years working in the same place. Anyways, the time that this story happened, this guy, Peter was working there for about 20 years. But his son only started helping out the last two or three years. He started helping when I was about a 
nine or ten years old, something like that. And what happened was as follows. Um, daddy, 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 daddy. Um, uh, is it time to clean up? Hey, listen. You see, the mill is still going, so then it's not time to clean up. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And of course, the daily routine went on. People brought their wheat to be ground into flour. And of course, the way it was done is that uh, in order to have your wheat ground into flour, you had to pay something to to have the mill being used. And the same thing with cutting the wood. And this is the way, of course, Mordechai Eckstein made his parnasa. And this is the way, of course, Luz Elimelech Bacon made his parnasa. But then, one day, it happened that Peter, the father of this boy Johnny, was taking a snooze. Snooze? You know, he was sleeping. <laughs> Wow, he snores pretty loud. Almost as loud as you? Uh, uh, we won't talk about that. Okay, so what happened? <clears throat> well, let me tell you what happened next. And so, this little boy Johnny, who's now about 11, 12 years old, he started walking around near the mill, and he didn't realize that the mill was spinning the saw. But what he did see... What he did saw or see? No, what he did see is what he saw. What he saw is what he wanted to see. I mean, well, no, don't, don't mix me up. Anyways, so what happened was is he saw the saw. He saw the saw? He cut the saw in pieces? No, you see. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. He saw the saw, but he didn't realize that the saw was spinning. But what he did see was that the gate, that door that held everything underneath under lock and key, was, for some strange reason, open. So little Johnny, he thought, Oh boy, it's open. That means it's time to clean up. Let me go call my father. Oh, oh, that. Oh, my father is sleeping. I'm not going to wake him up. You know what? I'll do my father's share. I'll be a good boy. I'm going to do my father's share. And so with that, he picked up... Let me guess! He picked up the shovel and the broom. No, he picked up the broom and the shovel. Oh, he didn't pick up the shovel and the broom? No, he picked up the broom first and then the shovel. Oh, what difference does it make? Because that's the way it happened in the story. Oh, okay, go ahead. Anyways, so he went to the room. And he saw the lock was open. And he didn't hop that the saw was going... But how come he didn't hear the noise? Because he always heard the grinding sound of the mill from grinding wheat into flour, and you heard the water pouring down and hitting the, the, the water mill. You know, they has those, like, little flappers and everything, and it hits the wheel, and the water goes in there, and the pressure pushes the wheel. So you always hear... And you always hear that... So there was always noise there. So he didn't hop that the blade was still spinning. But for some strange reason, the door was open. So little Johnny, who didn't want to wake up his father, he opened the door because the lock wasn't on it. And he opened it up. And he started to walk inside. And he started to sleep. 
and he wasn't watching where he was going. Uh-oh, that's so scary. Well, it's not so scary. I'm not going to go into details. But rest assured, he bumped into the blade of the saw, and unfortunately, he was killed. Poor little Johnny was killed by accident. But when he got hit with the blade, he gave a loud shout. So the workers heard it. Hey, hey, what's going on here? I don't know. Let's take a look. Yeah, let's go look here. Where did it come from? I think it came from outside. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, could it be possible it came from downstairs? It's impossible to come from downstairs. The door's locked. There's so is going. I think I heard it from downstairs. I heard it from downstairs. Well, let's check it out. Make sure. All right, let's go. And so everybody ran out. They dropped what they were doing, and they ran out, and they went to where they thought they heard the sound. And unfortunately, they saw the saw was going, and underneath on the floor, they saw Johnny, and unfortunately, he was dead. They ran immediately, and they called the father. And the father ran quickly, and he was so upset and so sad. Oh, why did my son call me? It was time to clean. Obviously, it wasn't. And one of the workers, who was not very friendly to Jewish people, started to think, Ha <laughs> let me think about this for a minute. I need to have a living. I have to make money. Right now, I keep my mouth closed because I want to make a living. I don't say my true feelings because he pays me on time. But you know, if I could get this guy, Bacon, to be arrested, <laughs> maybe I can get the court to shut down this whole mill. <laughs> Yeah, and then somebody else will take over. Yeah, and I'll still be working here because they're going to want experienced workers. But this time, I'll get paid, not by this Jew. I'll get paid by one of my own kind. <laughs> I like that idea. Hmm. Um, Hey, guys, gather around here. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what do you want? Tell me what you want. Oh, listen. Got an idea. Listen to me. What do you think? It's a good idea. I like that. So all the antismitim, all of those Jew haters together, they got together and they went to the father who was crying and mourning his son. And of course, Luzeli Melech, he was so beside himself. I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. If the saw is going, the door is locked. How did the door get unlocked? And of course, nobody knew the answer to that. Only a Kaddish Baruch did. Could be maybe one of the Gaish workers picked the lock and made it so there should be an accident so he can do what he wanted to do. But uh, meanwhile, this is what happened. So, Luzeli Melech, he was very upset and sad, and he apologized a thousand times. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know how this accident happened. And why did he go in there without you? I was sleeping. What should I do? My son, he probably just wanted to help out, and he probably didn't want to wake me. Oh, boy, oh, boy. This is terrible. I lost my precious, precious son. Woe is me. Woe is me. And, of course, there was the Leviah, which, of course, in English would be called funeral. And the Leviah was held... And they buried this little boy, Johnny. Meantime, Luzelamela said, uh, uh, Listen, uh, uh, Peter, you, you know, 
you're grieving for your son, you feel bad, don't worry, listen, I'll pay you, take a few days off, you know, regain your composure, whatever, and then when you're ready to come back to work, come back, okay? You'll still have your job. Okay, thank you. And during that time when he's off, after work hours, some of those other workers who were not really so friendly, but pretended they were, they came over to Johnny's father. All right, listen here, Peter. We're going to tell it like it is. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening. Now, do you think it was an accident? I'm sure it was an accident. I mean, it's always usually locked when the wheel is going. Yeah, well, I got a little sick for you. Me and the boys over here, we overheard something. Are you ready to hear what we heard? What did you hear? Well, hey, hey, uh... <laughs> hey, 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 Morgan, you want to tell? Yeah, I'll tell. You know what we overheard? We overheard that uh, this guy, Wilson Alimela Pekong, he was talking to uh, Mordechai Eckstein, and, and, you know, the big boss, and, and he was talking about, like he said, uh, we have too many uh, Gentiles working for us, and so we got to get rid of some. So he said uh, he'll start with the windmill, and make it look like an accident. Uh, so he left it open on purpose. He wanted to kill our, our, our people. Yeah, because he wants less of us and he wants more Jewish people to work. Uh, 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 I, I don't think so. I, I don't believe that. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, you better believe it. We heard it. If I were you, I would go to the police right now and tell what happened. And if they bring this to trial, we'll testify. Yeah, you'll see. Oh, uh, Okay. That's what you think I should do. I mean, you don't think it was an accident? No, we know for sure. We heard. And of course, they lied through their teeth. And these workers, they pushed and pushed until finally Peter went. And he went to the police station. And the desk sergeant over there, whatever their ranks was in those days, he was in, he said, How may I help you? Is there something that I can do for you? Uh, yeah. Um, um, you see, I, I work for the mill by uh, Mordechai Eckstein, you know, and, and, uh, Eli Melech Bacon, I think he's the, um, um uh, foreman, and, you know, uh, the, like the sub-boss and everything, and, uh, you know, the other workers think that, uh, my son's death was not an accident. He thinks uh, that the, he left the door open on purpose to get my son to go in, and then, then, then this way he'll be killed by the sewer. Those are very heavy charges. All right. Well, go and arrest him. All right. You got witnesses? Uh, yeah, they all want to testify. All right, all right. Well, we'll go and arrest him. And sure enough, the police went and sent police officers there. And the police came knocking on Luzer Elimel's door. Yes, what can I do for you? Oh, excuse me, but you're under arrest. That's right. You're under arrest. Um, uh, yes, of course I can use arrest. I'm going to sleep soon after I have a item. No, 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 no. You're going to prison. Yeah, but you're first going to see the judge. Maybe you set bail. I don't know. Let's go. But what'd I do? Uh, you caused the death of, 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 of little Johnny Boy. No, 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 no. This is a mistake. It was an accident. It's not by me. I don't know who left the door open. Hello? Hello? Uh, uh, goodbye, goodbye. And they slept him out. And they dragged him out. <laughs> and they brought him in front of the judge. And the judge looked at him and said, 
I hear all the charges uh, that is brought against you, and uh, um, hereby, if you could uh, give forth about, uh, I'd say, 5,000 rubles for a, a bail, and we'll let you out until the trial, okay? <laughs> okay, can you do this? Uh, yeah, I can do this, yes, 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 sure. And he paid the bail. Meantime, he didn't know what to do. He was walking back and forth, and he was thinking, I raise me, this is such a terrible bilbul. Hey, they just want to make a pogrom. Uh, let me talk to uh, to my boss. Uh, hello, Mordechai, uh, can I see you? Oh, uh, yes, please, come inside, sit down. This is terrible, and uh, they, they think uh, we planned this together. Well, if they indict you, they'll eventually try to indict me. It's not very good. I don't like what's happening. So, uh, uh, what do you plan to do? Do you have any proof to show that you didn't uh, cause this? I don't have anything. But what I have is, I have Amuna and Betochen. Uh, you have uh, Amuna and Betochen? That what? That uh, I'm going to go to a big tzaddik. A very highly tzaddik. Yeah? Uh, who are you going to go to? I'm going to go to the very, very big tzaddik. Uh, his name is Reb Tzvi Elimelech Spira. You know, he's the grandson of the Bnei Yisrochah, and he's named after him. You understand? He's Tzvi Elimelech. Anyways, what I want you to understand is as follows that uh, he's known by the safer that he wrote. Uh, 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 Tzadik, uh, what was it? Uh, Tzvila Tzadik, right. So the safer that he wrote called Tzvila Tzadik. So Tzvila Melech from Bluzer, you know, is a very, very holy man. I'm going to go to him. Whatever he tells me, I'm going to do. And that's that. All right. I'm with you. I'll continue to say to him for you. Yes, please do that. You continue to say to Hillem, everything is is going to be fine, okay? I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, the trial is going to be on Monday, so I have time. Maybe I'm going to go to Bluzev right now, and I'm going to spend Shabbos there. And then, you know, I'll come back in time, you know, for the court case Monday. And I'm sure that the Bluzev is going to give me a good bracha. Yeah, this you'll see. And sure enough, this person, Luzeli Melech Bakon, he went over and he got into his wagon and he galloped as fast as he could. <coughs> and he slowed down as he came to Bluzhev. And he came straight to the Bluzhev Rebbe's house and he knocked on the door. And the Bluzhev Rebbe told him, Please, come in. What can I do for you? Ah, Luzeli Melech, Shulam Aleichem, Wasis, what can I do for you? And of course, he told over his whole entire story of what happened to him. And the Blue said, Listen to me, do me a favor, write down a quittal, write everything down. Now give me the quittal. And let me look. And he looked at the quittal, at this piece of paper that had 
loser Elimelech's name and his mother's name and his request. And he looked at it in the way that only a tzaddik could. And then he smiled. <laughs> Don't worry. You have nothing to worry about. What you need to do is stay here for Shabbos and Bluzhev. <laughs> stay here for Shabbos. Everything be all right. Uh, okay. I'm going to stay. Where am I going to stay? Be my guest. And sure enough, he was a guest. Luther Elimelech was a guest by the Heilige Tzvi Lamelech, the big tzaddik, the first Bluzhev Rebbe. And so he was there. Friday night, everything was going gishmak. They were singing Zemiras. They were mommy saying Divrei Torah. And then, towards the end, he said, So, uh, Rabbi, uh, so what am I supposed to do after Shabbos? Ah, right now, it's Shabbos. You don't think about this. It is Shabbos Kodesh. Zorg Zechnish. And so the next day came. The next day was Shabbos morning. He went to Davin. There was a Kiddush in Shul. After the Kiddush, he went to the Blue Rebbe's house. And he spent the Shabbos meal there too. And after the meal was over, and after he finished singing the Zemiris and saying Divrei Torah once again, being that he was so fidgety, he was worried about his life. He was worried about what's going to happen to the other Eden. And he asked again, I, I, I told you, it is Shabbos Kodesh. We don't think about those things now. Okay. And so what happened was is he went and he stayed there for Shalashudis as well. And after Shalashudis was up, he asked, and before I never mind, if I was just curious at all, we don't talk about it. It's still Shabbos. Uh, okay. And so, sure enough, Mutsa Shabbos came. The Blue made Havdola. A beautiful Havdola it was. And then, of course, after Havdola, what ended up happening was, Kirot. Uh, let me guess. Uh, Luz Elimelech. That's right. Luz Elimelech Bekon asked again. Uh, okay. So Shabbos is over. <coughs> so what should we do now? Ah, I should do now. Stay from Lava Malka. Ba, 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 ba. Stay from Lava Malka. Zog sich nicht. And so he stayed from Lava Malka. After Lava Malka, Anschuldigt mir, Rebbe, I have to go and... Uh, you're going to travel back at night? I won't let you. Stay here until tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do? I gotta prepare for the trial. I mean, the rabbi didn't tell me what to do. Zorgzichnis. Nothing to worry about. Uh, but it's not Shabbos anymore. What am I supposed to do? Nothing right now. Zorgzichnis. Don't worry about the thing. Uh, okay. I won't worry if you say so. And so, what happened was his Sunday morning came. He dove in Shachris. He went to the Blue Rebbe's house. He ate breakfast. And he's about to leave. And the Blue Rebbe says, Wait a second. He's looking at me. Uh-oh. He's not going to let me leave, I bet you. Ah, tell me something. Tzviel uh, Melech. you want to do me a favor? Keep me company. Learn with me this morning. And you'll stay for lunch. Stay for lunch. Ay, 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 ay. Okay. I have no choice. I'm going to do it. <coughs> and so he stayed for lunch. And then he was ready to go. All right, I'm ready to go. Tell me what I should do. What's the age the Rebbe gives me? You want to know my age, sir? Stay for Mincha. Stay for Mincha! 
Stay for Mincha. And he stayed for Mincha. And then it came for Myriv. And then it came. Oh, you're not going home now. It's too dark. You leave tomorrow morning. Tomorrow <laughs> the trial. Yes, but the trial doesn't start before about 12 o'clock, no? Eh, yeah, something like that. Don't worry. You just do whatever I tell you. But you didn't tell me anything except to stay. And that's exactly what you have to do. Stay. And the morning came. And he davened shachris. And he ate breakfast. And then he was waiting for the Rebbe to tell him to stay until lunchtime. But this time the Rebbe said, Well, it's really melech. It's time. I mean, excuse me. Luzeli melech. It's time for you to go. Uh, uh, okay, and what do I do? You don't worry about a thing. The Goy, the father himself, is going to testify on your behalf. Huh? But he's the one that brought up all the charges. Do you understand what I just said? I said the father of this boy, Johnny, the Goy himself, who are bringing up all the charges, he's going to testify on your behalf. On my behalf? Yes. Zygeson. It was a pleasure to have you here for Shabbos. It was a pleasure to be here. Wow. To understand that Rebbe is complicated. But I have to have a moon in that he knows what he's talking about. It's funny. This guy brings charges against me, and he's going to testify on my behalf that I should be innocent. I don't get it. But then again, maybe I'm not supposed to. I just have to do what the Rebbe says. I have to have a moon That's what I have to do. And so sure enough, he galloped back home. And he came back, and his wife was, uh, you know, a little bit worried. Oy, 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 I was so worried about you. You were gone for the whole Shabbos. But you knew I was going to probably be away for Shabbos. But you didn't come back much for Shabbos. It was too dark. You didn't come back Sunday. Well, he asked me to stay a little longer. And you didn't come back in the afternoon. He asked me to stay longer. And you didn't come back at night. It was too dark. And now you finally came back. You only have about an hour to the trial. So don't worry, I have enough time to brush my teeth before I go to the trial. Zorgsness, I'm going to brush my teeth. Everything will be fine. Yeah, but, 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 but. Yeah, you just tell everybody they should dive in and do a capital tell him. Uh, okay. Very good. And so everybody was davening. And the hour was up. And the court case was about to begin. Of course, the Goyesha workers, they filled up the courtroom. The Jewish people, they sent a few representatives because the rest were in the base of Medrash, davening and crying out their hearts by saying to Hillam. And so what happened was this. The judge, he came forward and he said, Order, order in the court. I would like everybody <coughs> to sit down and be quiet. And now I would like to begin the trial. Okay. Now, uh, this case is brought against... Um, um, uh, let, me see. let me put on my glasses. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, this case is brought against uh, the foreman for Mordechai Eckstein, Luther Elimelech uh, Bacone. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see now. Um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, 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 prosecutor, bring your first witness. All right, sir. I'll bring my first witness. Uh, charge, please take the stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't understand. Where do you want me to put it? Just sit down. All right, now, tell us, tell the court, that is, and tell the judge what you heard that you said that Aloza Elimelech Bacon said to his boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he thought I was working, which I was, but my ears were open, you know. Uh, and, and I heard that Aloza uh, Elimelech uh, said that, that uh, he has too many Goyim, that's us, you know, uh, are working for him. And he needs to get rid of us, slowly. But he has to make it look like accidents. So the first one he wanted to do was to accidentally leave open the gate. You see, uh, I, I, when I say accidentally, I mean planned accident, you know. And this way, he'll get rid of the people that clean up the sawdust. Gradually, he'll move his way up and get rid of other people as well. And that was his plan. And therefore, when this kid wandered off into it, and he had every right to believe that the mill was stopped and the saw was stopped, because the gate was open, and he went in, and he didn't realize that he was about to be killed. But that's what happened, unfortunately. I see. All right. Um, 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 are there any questions that the defense has? And, of course, the lawyer for <laughs> Luz Elimelech, he got up and he said, What do you want me to say? What shall I say What shall I say uh, Tell him, um... Um, I remember, yes. Okay, tell him you have no questions for this witness, but you would like to call a different witness. Yeah, who would I like to call? Uh, tell him you want to call. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Tell me who I should call. You want to call the father of the boy. <clears throat> really? What am I going to ask him? This is the questions you're going to ask. <laughs> you think it's going to work? Hey. <laughs> I have a Muslim. The blizzard have said it's gonna happen. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, go, come on, come on. Uh, Your Honor, may I uh, point out? At this present moment, uh, we have no further questions for the witness, George. However, however, we would like to call uh, a witness right now. Oh, yes? And who is it that you'd like to call? Uh, we would like to call to the stand, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, the father, Peter. Peter, father of Johnny. Peter, uh, Avi, Shell, Johnny, okay? Uh, you know, uh, Johnny's uh, father, you know, it's Johnny, Ben, Ben, Peter, you know? So Peter's son, uh, 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 Johnny, I mean, well, I mean, Peter, the father of Johnny. I, well, I would like to call Peter to the stand. All right, Peter, please take the stand. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. <coughs> well, let me clear my throat. You can drink that water over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't gargle in front of everyone. It's disgusting. Okay, now, anyways, um, okay, now tell me, uh, 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 what, what do you want over here? Oh, I would like to question him. Oh, go right ahead. Ah, uh, hello. How are you? Uh, uh, uh Oh, now why did you pick up that phrase, Borah Hashem? Oh, uh, well, I've been working for over 20 years uh, for this guy, uh, Luzeli Melech Pekom. Uh, he's such a nice guy, you know. And uh, pick up some of the Jewish phrases. I see. Now, you said something very interesting before. Uh, you said that uh, um, this guy, Luz Elimelech Pekon, is a nice guy. Is he a nice guy? Is he really a nice guy? You want to tell us the truth? You're under oath, you know. Oh, yeah. He's a very nice guy. You know, if I tell him I'm not feeling well, he says, okay, don't come in today. And you can make it up on a different day. 
He doesn't deduct my salary. Instead, you know, uh, I, I can make up the work on another day. Uh, you know, like if I don't clean up the sawdust on Monday, uh, he'll let me do it on Tuesday instead. You know, um, he's very fair about it. Ah, uh-huh. and do you find that he's mean to the Gentile workers? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's nice to everybody. He's nice to the Jewish people. He's nice to the Gentiles. He's nice to everybody. Aha, uh-huh. I see. Very interesting. Now, let me ask you another question. Uh, on the day that your son Johnny was, um, unfortunately, um, um, accidentally killed, and all of a sudden one of the Goyims said, was an accident! It was, it was, it was, it was, it was on purpose! It, it was planned that way! And the judge clapped his gavel. Order in the court. You will not make any noise right here. Let this case go on. Uh, go on, Mr. Attorney. Ah, oh, thank you. All right, so as I was saying, um, um, did you ever have any problems, uh, with, uh, Mr. Bacon, b b b b b b b whatever his name is? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, he's so kind to me. Very nice. Always pays on time. Always has a good word to say. You know, even if I miss a couple spots here and there, and I don't clean up the sawdust good enough, he always has a good word to say. I see. Now, on that day that your son died, uh, where were you? I was sleeping. And uh, my son saw that the, the mill was open, the door, you know, and he thought the saw was stopped. Now, accidentally, um, uh, uh, the, the, the lock was open. Now, how do you propose that could happen? Well, I think the lock is getting old. And sometimes when you, like, push the two ends together to lock it, you think it's locked, but it didn't catch 100%. So when you walk away, it pops open. And so it could have been an accident. Oh, it could have been an accident. Now, uh, you're saying, in your opinion, that you know that Moza uh, Ali uh, uh, Melech is a very kind man. And you're saying that he wouldn't do things bad, right? Of course not. Uh, do you think that he did this on purpose? Of course not. Uh-huh. Let me ask you one more question. <coughs> of course. All right. Uh, why did you uh, bring a case, uh, 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 possible murder charges, against Eluz uh, Elimelech, uh, if you know that it's most likely an accident? Oh, well, see, I believed it was an accident. Because, you see, my son saw me sleeping, didn't want to wake me up and everything. And um, and he went there because he saw the lock open, but didn't realize it was accidentally. And um, what happened was this, he died. And I feel bad about it, of course. But I got to tell you the truth. Is that uh, I didn't want to bring up any charges. I accepted it as an accident. But all the other workers, they claimed they overheard these crazy things here and there. And they told me I should go to the police and go and press charges. And that's why I brought up this case. Uh-huh. So what you're saying over here is, you yourself, who the father of the son, who was killed by accident, you don't believe he did it on purpose, right? Absolutely not. He would never do something like that. I rest my case. And of course, the prosecutor couldn't say anything after that. If the father himself said so, and the father himself said all the other Gaisha workers said that he should bring up these charges. So the judge realized, Hmm, I see that these charges are fake, and the workers here pressurized him. Hmm, I see. All right, the case is dismissed. You are free, no charges. And of course, everybody was happy, 
and you can rest assured that Svi, that I'm sorry, that loser Elimelech become. He made a pseudo like you never saw before. And of course, he fired some of those workers and he couldn't get anything bad to happen to him as a result simply because the judge ordered him to fire those disgruntled workers. And he took on other workers, but not Eden, because he didn't want to start any programs going on. He took on different goyim in their place. And of course, those goyim learned to keep their mouths closed because the Jews have a nice rabbinish lelem that watches over them. Wow, that was fantastic. Not bad. This is what member story you're telling today. I lost track, but believe me, told a lot of stories today. I'm amazed I have something left in my voice. Okay, so I guess we have some time for some phone calls. Okay, here we go. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name and what lesson did you learn tonight's story? Hello. Okay, Hello. okay. Yeah. You're, you're back. But you got to be quick because our whole right, switchboard. Right. Go ahead, okay. Masha. All right, I've got, guess how many this time? Ba -ba. Four, okay. From number four, all right. Uh, wait a minute. Come I and think do I lost track. But you know what? Uh, quick announcement. By next Don't have Wednesday, no time for quick. I have August, no time for this. August 17th, <coughs> I will not be coming, and I won't be hearing the story. So. Uh-huh, I hear. Okay, listen. Okay, I got to go to the next call. Okay, hello. I'm sorry, Masha, but the, the switchboards are loaded. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What's your name? And what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello, my name is Yaakov Yosef Stern, and I learned that you shouldn't, uh, if you, that you shouldn't lie. And right. If you, and you should be nice to other people, because then the, um, they're going to be nice to you. And you should have keyword of aim, and... You, and um, you shouldn't blame people. Excellent. And Beautiful. So, um, could you say the story that you said today in my camp? Because I, I was sick. Oh, okay. You know what? I'll try to remember. Maybe I'll do it next week then. Okay? Blinada. All right? Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Hello. You're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? Tell me. Yes. What's your name? What's the lesson you learned in tonight's story? Uh, my name is Yaakov, and um, I learned that you should always make a Kiddush Hashem. You should make a Kiddush Hashem. Excellent. That's right. That's in there, too. Very good. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? Me? Yes, you. Uh, my name is Mikhail Simon, and I learned that you should always listen to whatever... Um, all the rabbis say, um, and can I talk to Yassi? Hi, what can I do for you? Nothing. <laughs> I just wanted to hear my voice. <laughs> okay, thank you. Kay. I think we have time for at least one more call, even though the switchboards are lit up. Okay, who's going to be the lucky one? Eeny, meeny, miny, miny. Okay, press that one, see what it is. Hello, you're on the ear. Hello, me? Yes, you. Yes, you. Um, um I should tell me always... I'm trusting you're up, and you shouldn't question, even if he tells you something that sounds odd. And you should um, show respect. 
Excellent. Beautiful. You listen very well. Thank you very much. Okay, that's all the time we have. Sorry I can't take the rest of those calls. And once again, I'm sorry, Marsha, but i got to move along. When there's always a lot of people calling on switch i got to move right along as quickly as possible. Okay, so until next week, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos and an easy fast over Tisha B'Av. Call to. Bye-bye.